Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Hi, folks. Dr. History here with another story from the Old West. Before I get started, though, I want to say hi to a couple of guys. I want to say hi to David, who lives in Florida. Now, he tells me that the term mechanic was used in the Northeast uh, to refer to anybody that was a tradesman. And out West and in Florida, we don't use that term so much. So anyway, thanks, David. And Michael in Virginia told me about the story of his great-great-great-great-grandfather, who was a Methodist circuit rider. And there's actually a book and a movie called The Saint of the Wilderness about his... uh, Great-great-great-great-grandfather. He also mentioned a book about Mary Draper Ingalls, and uh, I have read that book. It's a fascinating story about her capture uh, by the Indians and her escape, and the book that I read is called Follow the River. So, Michael, thank you uh, for that information. So I'm going to kind of continue, folks, with last week's story about the towns of the Old West. You know, life in a frontier community was very, very hard. Uh, Building up a trade from scratch in a remote region was hard enough, but sometimes it seemed that the settlers were locked in mortal combat with with nature itself. Uh, The weather on the plains and in the mountains was bad. Uh, Perhaps the only thing that was predictable was that it was probably unpredictable and excessive. In the Nevada silver, silver country winds that were known as Washoe, Washoe Zephyrs, they'd come swirling off the banks of the Sierra Nevada mountains from time to time and rip through Virginia City and Carson City so bad that houses were unroofed and on the central grasslands, the wind hardly ever stopped blowing. Now, we have a saying here in Idaho that uh, if the wind stops blowing, a lot of people just fall over. Uh, that's not necessarily true, but we do get plenty of wind. But, you know, there's also the bad cloud bursts that would come in spring or summer, and they could bring a flash flood just just boiling down a creek bed. Or a wet spring combined with the snow melt from the Rockies could send a great river of water spilling over its banks to devastate uh, the works of the townspeople who too often ignored the counsel of the friendly Indians against building a house uh, in a water course. I mean, they knew where the water went, but sometimes the white men just uh, didn't pay any attention. Well, in March of 1881, when the Missouri River flooded, three-quarters of the town of Vermilion, Dakota Territory, just simply disappeared. 
Now, at the opposite extreme, great droughts periodically afflicted the plains, causing great suffering on the farms and in the towns as well. In late summer and fall, the grassland would just basically turn brown, and the land was at the mercy of fire, uh, a lot of times caused by lightning uh, or sometimes by a careless man and, and his campfire. But prairie fires did not spare the towns because the weeds and the fields usually ran, ran right up to the edge of the town. In fact, three times within an 11-month period from August 1892 to July 1893, fire roared through Alliance, Nebraska. Three times. Now, some of the worst fires originated in the towns themselves. In fact, Creed, Colorado, never truly recovered from a fire that began in a saloon and swept forth to destroy half the town. And that was in 1892. Now, aware of their peril, townsmen everywhere stood ready to fight for their homes and businesses. Well, with bucket, shovel, and wet gunny sacks, well, these uh, tools weren't uh, weren't very good, uh, not very good weapons against the flames. And as soon as they could afford it, the towns laid in for more efficient equipment. The first organized fire departments were volunteer bucket brigades, and they were furnished with ladders at the public expense. Now, some towns dug cisterns to supply the firefighters with water at strategic uh, locations. Well... Then hand pumps arrived, but they tended to freeze up in cold weather. Topeka ran into another problem. You see, the town bought an efficient man-powered fire pump from Schenectady, New York, a company in 1869, but they didn't order enough fire hose to reach the fire. Uh, not Not a good thing. Anyway, winters, uh, uh, you know, you had the blizzards in towns, in the mountains. Residents were regularly snowed in for weeks at a time. Uh, the eastern blizzard, or the Easter blizzard of 1873 was one of the worst ever. All the more disabling because it came late in the year and it took people by complete surprise. When this blizzard struck, the inhabitants of Hastings, Nebraska, had to string guide ropes between buildings to find their way. But the snow uh, snow soon piled up so deep that uh, ropes were no longer practical. By the time the uh, storm quit, the drifts were just right up at the uh, level of the eaves of the houses, and the people had to actually tunnel through them to get to town uh, to get moving again. In fact, in central city, Nebraska, during the same blizzard, a boy sent on an errand to a print shop only a block away was unfortunately found uh, frozen to death in a drift. Now, I have actually heard stories of cowboys being on horses and so cold that the horse actually froze to death while the cowboy was sitting on him. Now, hard as life on the frontier was, uh, it was a lot of fun. There were things they did. For the most part, townspeople were young. A man of 40 was considered well along in years. And whenever they found the leisure time to play, they did so with a lot of gusto. Now, Saturday was the high point of the week. In any town, the population was swollen by the country people coming in. They came in to buy whatever groceries they didn't raise themselves to sell their eggs and cream and milk. 
uh, to shop for their youngsters' graduation suits, uh, to shoot snooker at the local pool hall, play pinochle, or maybe even try their luck at poker or kino in the saloon. Uh, endless gossip was traded in the barber shop at the livery stable or on the porch of the hotel. And then along about evening, when most of the country people had returned to their homes, the townspeople might indulge in one of their most cherished diversions, social dancing. Now, at these affairs, any female from 8 to 80 could count on a full dance program. You see, folks, women were in short supply in practically every frontier town. And in certain areas, the disparity between the sexes was positively desperate, according to newspapers. According to the 1860 federal census, the population of Colorado was made up of 32,654 men and 1,577 females. So you can imagine, and probably half of those or more were probably married. Now, to hold the dance under these circumstances, men had to assume the role of a female partner, signaling the switch by tying a handkerchief around one of their arms. Now, this somehow had the effect of making the real woman look awfully and overwhelmingly overwhelmingly lovely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, in the wintertime, the townspeople organized uh, literary societies for weekly or semi-monthly debates, lectures, and song festivals. Uh, there was an almost infinite variety of pastimes to uh, be enjoyed outdoors. Uh, sleigh rides in the wintertime, turkey shoots in the summer. And for the youngsters, the constant challenge of snaring rabbits or prairie dogs just outside the town limits. Now, foot racing was a passion. And men trained themselves for the contest by jogging around their ranches with bags of buckshot tied to their ankles. Now, horse racing was another popular diversion. Since the West was chronically short of currency, spectators would sometimes bet their shirts. And I guess that's where the old saying that uh, he lost his shirt came from. But they would bet the other prize possessions on the outcome. Usually the races were held just outside of town, but now and then, sometimes they'd just go right down the middle of Main Street in the town, which was not our, always very popular with the town's uh, storekeepers. Now, the greatest sport of all, folks, guess what this is? Baseball. At least in the years after the Civil War, every town and hamlet had a team. The local nine were a matter of intense pride and concern to every citizen. It was no game for the frail or the faint-hearted. I mean, these folks were fanatics. Now, baseball gloves were usually in short supply, and the contests themselves tended to be epic struggles. I mean, they'd go for for hours at a time. But, uh, you know, nothing galvanized the energies of town quite like national and regional holidays. 
Now, Arbor Day, when trees were planted on the, uh, of course, the plains didn't have many trees. Uh, George Washington's birthday, which uh, furnished a, a kind of a welcome winter break. And most glorious of all, folks, you can guess this, Independence Day. Now, patriotism was intense west of the Mississippi and the Missouri Rivers. You know, they'd gather together. Patriotic speeches were given by the town's leading citizens. And they would also include readings from the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. After what they called the speechifying and the toasts, the festivities on Main Street uh, were held or, or maybe in a grove outside town normally reserved for camp meetings. And this uh, evolved into a great, great celebration, which, you know, we still carry on today. Now, gunpowder was set off under the blacksmith's anvil for a cannon-like salute, and firecrackers uh, just battered all over the place, all over town, and spectators drifted from foot races to horse races to contests in which men and boys tried to climb a grease pole or attempted to capture a greased or an oiled pig. You know, when the people got tired of the games, they settled down to eat, Now, in Blue Springs, Nebraska, it began its preparations for the 1859 4th of July celebration three weeks in advance. A committee of three men was assigned to provide catfish for a feast and a 250-pound hog. And that was to provide the lard for cooking. And the women began grinding quantities of corn into meal. Well... When the great day arrived, the three-man committee had more than a 1,000 pounds of live catfish penned up in a weir in the town creek, and the women had the ovens roasting hot. The result was described as one of the finest corn pone and catfish fries ever witnessed west of the Mississippi and the Missouri. So, folks, that's just a little more stories about the Old West, the towns. There was a lot of hard work, but they had a lot of fun, too. So, folks, I hope you'll uh, keep this in mind, especially the Fourth of July celebrations. I hope we keep that as kind of a sacred and an important time to celebrate the declaration of our great, great nation. So, folks, I'll see you again next week.